0: My name is Steve Henson. I'm the editor of the Pueblo Chieftain newspaper. For 37 years, I've written a weekly column for the Chieftain. And today, for the first time, I'm reading it to you. I hope you enjoy it. This column is slated to run March the 10th, 2019. At first glance, it wouldn't appear that Martin George Hernandez had much of an impact on Pueblo in his 84 years. He didn't serve on the pueblo chamber of commerce or pueblo economic development boards he did not donate money to the university or community college he didn't lead the annual united way drive he didn't accumulate wealth and never ran for public office he never was and never would be elected to the pueblo hall of fame and yet george hernandez as he was known to thousands of Puebloans had an impact on this city as vital as any of the luminaries we so often hear and read about. His contributions might not have been the stuff of news conferences, but they were sublime and profound. This is his story. George was five years old. One of dozens of boys lying on tiny beds lined up symmetrically in a large room. It was dark, time for sleep, but George couldn't. He stared into the darkness and he listened. Some boys cried and sniffled and suffered. And that hurt George more than the fact that his mother had neglected him. And before that, his father had abandoned him at birth. And that's how it came to be that social services, or whatever it was called, in 1939, placed George in the Sacred Heart Orphanage in Pueblo, a school and home on Sprague Avenue, operated by Franciscan nuns, in the shadow of Mountain View Cemetery. His two sisters also lived there, in another part of the building, and he occasionally saw them on Sundays. On some of those sad, lonely nights, some of the boys would soil their beds. Even though all of the boys in the room were only about five years of age or younger, a leader emerged. George would comfort those boys, wash their sheets in a sink in the middle of the night and hang them out a window to dry. Then the five-year-old would make the beds before morning. So the nuns would never know. The food was sparse and bland. George sometimes would hide a piece of cooked cabbage in his pants pocket. Later, he would toss it into the bushes or give it to a neighborhood dog. He saw his mother now and then, but she still had no real willingness to be a mom. Still, he remained devoted to her. George was not unhappy at the orphanage. In fact, he loved the nuns in the school. He excelled in sports and academics, and earned a scholarship with room and board at prestigious Mullen High School in Denver, also a Catholic institution. He often said that everything good in his life could be traced to the Franciscan nuns and his time at Sacred Heart. George excelled at Mullen as well. He played football and was the valedictorian of his class. He returned to Pueblo and the orphanage, taking a job coaching four to five sports teams doing repairs at the aging building, driving the nuns to medical appointments or elsewhere, and generally and genially helping wherever he could. He also discovered a love of refereeing and would spend more than four decades refereeing basketball in Pueblo, along with running a city league at the old armory courts at the Colorado State Fairgrounds. He took that love of sports to the Colorado State Hospital, now the Colorado Mental Health Institute at Pueblo, where he worked three decades as a recreation therapist. Just as he did helping those grieving boys at the orphanage, George loved to share his joy for sports and exercise with residents who had been shortchanged in life. But we're a little ahead of the story. Let's go back to when George was 19. The setting? The soda counter at the Alamo Drugstore on Northern Avenue. The soda jerk serving him was ill-named. She was an angel, and he was smitten. Her name was Elaine, Dolores Elaine Manzanares. For some inexplicable reason, he always had a hard time remembering her name, so he called her E. Soon the two were married and off on their life adventure. They raised six children, and the entire family was part of George's passion for youth and sports. E and the children spent many Saturdays at the Armory assisting George while he ran the basketball league. E cooked burritos that the children sold at the annual softball and basketball games at the state hospital with proceeds going into the recreation fund. George refereed 42 years, earning a reputation as a fair and calm disciplinarian. He would simply tell a parent or a player who was acting up to stop it or the next time he would have them leave, his daughter, Michelle Abeda recalled. She continued, he was not a stern man, however. He was joyful and loved people and life. He could have been bitter about being raised in an orphanage, but he wasn't. In fact, when he was a teenager, he worked summers at the railroad and gave most of his earnings to his mother to help her. The same mother who had more important things to do than raise him. And his father? The first and last day he saw his father was when he was in a coffin at his funeral, Abeda said. He didn't know him, but he wasn't bitter and did not hold any resentment. Maybe it was something in his wiring. Maybe he was ordained at birth to be joyful and to make others happy. In later years, A likely explanation was his faith. He served more than three decades as music ministry director at Holy Family Parish. And his love for music spread to his children, especially Abeda, a professional musician by trade and a former Colorado State Fair Fiesta Queen. He loved to sing and loved the people in the choir, she said. He touched so many. She recalls that, quote, When he was at the state hospital, he'd put patients on a bus, swing by our house and pick us up, and drive us around looking at Christmas lights, and all of the time we'd be singing. And folks, that's the story here. It's the story about the profound impact that people like Martin George Hernandez have on our community. Thousands knew him, respected him, enjoyed him, and were better off in life for having known him. People like George don't get many headlines or public accolades. Their contributions reside in the hearts of others. Everywhere we went with dad, we saw people who knew him, Abeda said. They'd come up and thank him for helping them. And of course, his spirit is ingrained in all of his children. One son, Steve Hernandez, officiated a class 1A state championship basketball game in Pueblo on Saturday night. Prior to the game, young Hernandez said, It will be difficult to fill Dad's referee shirt and whistle. However, I will honor him at the highest level I possibly can. This classic tale of making it in America and living a good life took a bad turn about four years ago. George started struggling with directions. E, and many people have called her that through the years and still do because George did, started having to give him directions to get home when they were out driving. One night about 1 30 in the morning I received a call from Walmart Mrs. Hernandez recalled. They said George was there. He had a shoe and a slipper on. Two of my children went and got him. George once took two hours to retrieve two specials from Paskey restaurant. Another time he returned from the grocery store and put eggs in the freezer and left meat on a downstairs counter. His constant need for elopement grew as the Alzheimer's worsened. Eventually, his family moved him into the Bonaventure Memory Care Center in Colorado Springs. I live in Springs as do two of my sisters, Abeda said. So I quit my job and spent my days there and my sisters would alternate checking on him at night. It is a terrible thing to see someone you love slowly melt away. But the occasional sparks of recognition and other signs comforted George's wife and their children. He still responded to music, Abeda said, I'd bring my guitar for mass there on Saturdays and he'd come to life, singing the songs in harmony, remembering all of the responses during mass. He never lost those things on the day before he died. His eyes were closed. He was almost comatose, but he reached back one last time. We were praying with him, Abeda said. All of us around him. I played my guitar and we sang a little, and he reached out and squeezed my mom's hand. He tried to open his eyes, but he couldn't. But he pulled his arms out from under the covering and started directing just as he had in church so many times. George died that next morning. There was no fancy story in the newspaper. The event didn't make the evening news. But you can bet that when his obituary was published in the Pueblo Chieftain, there were thousands of Puebloans who had a moment of sadness, maybe a tear. Then. A recollection, a smile, a pleasant thought. He was such a joyful, wonderful man. I remember that time that he helped me. And Abeda said, It was said after he died that he was really a part of the fabric of Pueblo. He really was. I'm Steve Henson.